Messi Fessy is back. Plus, best friends going at it. Romance in the air. Vets starting to eye other vets. Rookies saying fuck it and eyeing other rookies. Bad strategy everywhere. TJ checking his text mid-elimination. And two OGs continue to shine while avoiding actually being on our screens. It's the challenge. Spies, lies, and allies. Episode 4 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. On today's pod, we're breaking down everything from episode four of Spies, Lies, and Allies. It just aired, some shit went down to say the least, and we are here to give you the instant reactions, talk through all of it together as we do every single week on Wednesday nights. The agenda, as always, will be as follows. A recap of every single thing that went down, and I mean every single thing, followed by a deep dive into our main storyline of the week, then a look at secondary storylines, some thoughts on both the daily challenge and the elimination, and finally some awards for best and worst strategy, best quote and moment, an episode MVP, and finish it out with some power rankings and predictions moving forward in the game. That's a lot to get to as usual, so in the words of Devin and pretty much every other challenger at this point, let's go! Let's start things by reviewing everything we just saw. We make these as fast as possible. We'll be talking real quick, but a lot happened, and we're going to cover every single thing. Here we go. A brief-ish recap of every single thing we just saw in Episode 4 of Spies, Lies, and Allies. Everyone's hanging by the pool and enjoying a day off from the game. Emmanuel's dancing, showing off the moves. People are laughing. Everyone's having a good time. And during this party, Big T and Logan have a little lounge on the cabana to talk game, but also Big T might easily be distracted by that little bit of a crush she's got going for Logan. Fessy and Josh also talk strategy mid-party right next to everyone else, like five feet away. And Fessy makes it known he wants Amber. Plain and clear. CT and Huey, mid-party, they're off somewhere else. They're working out, or at least kind of sitting on BOSU balls together, some sort of workout going on. Devin and Kyle then take their turn on the cabana. We learn they are challenge house besties and each other's number ones, calling themselves Dial and Please MTV. Never show us that mashup of their two faces together again. Please and thank you. Then Casey and Amam. Casey and Amber, excuse me, powwow, and Amber thinks she's all good with the Big Brother Alliance, while Casey kind of makes it clear Amber's still number four on all three of the other Big Brothers list. A daily challenge ensues, undercover comms, where one person is on a rig 35 feet in the air over water, has to crawl back and forth the relay codes down to their partner who runs, uses the code to get a combo to open a lock. You open one lock, you drop one other team. You open a second lock, you drop another team. You open a third lock, you drop everyone, you win the heat. There's two heats, fastest heat winner wins. If that's Sounds confusing. It was a little bit confusing watching it and hearing it explained multiple times and still not 100% getting it until the very end. Anyways, Ashley puts Huey up in the air and he freaks out as expected. More on that later. Heat 1, Amber and Josh dominate and they get the W for the Heat 1. Heat 2 sees a vet strategy put in place to let whoever is winning keep winning. But Kyle 
accidentally goes against it, drops his best friend, Devin's partner, Emmy. When they are in the lead, everyone's mad at Kyle. Meanwhile, Fessy and Esther catch Kyle and Amanda and get the heat win at the last moment. Overall fastest time goes to Fessy and Esther. Win number two of the season for them. Two out of four on the daily challenges. Winning for Fessy and Esther. Afterwards, Devin goes in on Kyle in front of everyone, calling him out for ruining their plan and going against his best friend in the process. Back of the house, some vets wonder quite aloud about cutting off the head of the snake, a.k.a. Kyle, before he can bite any of them. Then it's time to head to the bar. The bar is popping yet again this episode. We get some romance. There's short, there's very short clips, but there's romance. Michelle and Emmanuel share a kiss, as do Jeremiah and Amber. Corey L., meanwhile, makes a deal with Fessy. Corey wants Huey in the elimination and will hook Fessy up later on if that's what he gives him. Devin and Josh also chat about their strategy of working together just being we want to run the final against each other. We're the only ones we think we can beat. So we got that affirmed. Back at the house, Kyle gets his apology in just before it's time for nominations, which at those nominations, Michelle and Corey talk first. They know they're going in. They're cool with it, but they want everyone else to know you got to earn your spot. You got to step up. They kind of call out the rookies who have had a free ride, so to speak, so far. Huey takes the hint. He and Corey share some words. Huey lets it slip that he voted for himself last time because he didn't want to upset anyone, which... Ashley is now upset about. In the end, Michelle, Corey, they are going in as expected. Post-nominations, the Big Brother 3 talk, and Fessy says again he wants to throw an Amber. Josh and Casey are not having it. We get to the layer. Huey is chosen as the male representative to go in as expected. Also, it's raining again, adding to my conspiracy theory that the rain is being pumped in. We'll talk about that later. Anyways, Fessy then begins a big old speech about who he's going to throw in on the female side, and it's clear it's about to be Amber, and Josh loses his shit. He lets loose. He's yelling. He starts moving down the podium, across the podium, getting in Fessy's face. The security has to come in. He may break him up. They're yelling back and forth. TJ checks his phone while all this shit gets sorted out. Eventually, TJ kind of just has to yell at everyone over and over till they quiet down, ask for a name. The name's Amber. Amber Huey going in versus Michelle and Corey. They play down to the wire where you're handcuffed together by a pole, have to navigate to the other end of an obstacle course to get a key, and then they get all the way back to unlock yourself and win. Amber and Huey get off to a great start. They take a big lead. They get to the key on the other side with a huge lead. They start to make their way back at that point Corey and Michelle start yelling about their carabiner being stuck or something making some excuses and Huey takes that moment to just start talking shit to Corey and stops paying attention to the game at hand and that is when Huey classic challenge mistake drops the key they don't realize it for a bit they eventually have to backpedal slightly to go get the key allowing Corey and Michelle to gain some ground make it a closer race but in the end Amber pulls a flip over a bar to get through the last obstacle and she and Huey get the W Corey, Huey, exchange words and a slight shove from Corey. TJ is very unhappy. He tells them both they need to handle things the way the ladies did with Grace. Amber, uh, or excuse me, Corey and Michelle, they're gone. Amber picks Devin as her new partner. Huey picks Nani, putting Ashley and Josh together and Gabo and Emmy together. A new rookie, rookie pair, just as the vets planned. Another one to pick off, and that is where our episode ends. Whew! All right, that was a lot. But that's everything that happened in the episode, so... Uh, if you just watched or if it's been a couple of days, now you're back on track. That's everything that happened. So let's now move into actually discussing all of that that we just reviewed by starting with our main storyline of the episode. Main storyline for this week, there was really one dominated the whole thing. We'll get to them, but there's very few, if any, secondary storylines. The main storyline, a vet on vet crime is coming, but who? 
Who will be the vet that goes against the other vets? Who will be the vet targeted by another vet? Who will be the vet that ends up just by sheer numbers having to be the first one to go into an elimination? And is it going to happen in this episode? We get the setup right at the beginning, the open of the episode. Everyone in the interviews is talking about, you know, eventually there's only so many rookie-rookie teams. There's only one left. So if someone's going to have to go in, are they going to be able to keep putting all four rookies in? Which vet is going to take advantage of which fracture? It's all over the place. The first minute or two is just a bunch of vets in the interview room and a bunch of rookies in the interview room saying how the vets at some point are going to crumble or at least pick someone to go in there. It's very clear it's going to happen. It sets the whole episode up. A vet on vet crime is coming, but we don't know who. Now, the first then moment of strategy that we get in the whole game, there's you know, they have the, the party to start. They clearly it's like a day off or whatever. They're having a pool, a little pool party. Everyone's hanging out, chilling. And Fessy and Josh decide to talk strategy as they do. Those two is, you know, super close, at least for the time being in the episode. And uh, they're talking strategy. And I've got to say, it's going to come up later on. Uh, This is going to be a common theme throughout this episode is poor strategy all around by a lot of people. In the first instance of this is Fessy and Josh are sitting literally like five feet away from like 15 other people. They're right there. Everyone can hear you. They're sitting there whispering as if they're not even there, as if no one's going to notice them kind of leaning over, laying on the couch, whispering to each other. When again, they're like five feet away from everyone else. What are you doing? Go somewhere else. Go to the cabana like everyone else. Go inside. Everyone's outside the pool. Perfect time to go inside. Go into the gym, the indoor gym where Huey and CT are. Go anywhere else. Don't sit five feet away from everyone and talk strategy. But they do. Fessy, you know, he still wants Amber. He knows after last season, Amber's not going to trust him. He just wants to get ahead of it and just keep targeting her. And Josh is having none of it. He tries to convince him, you know, I've got your back. She's with me. I promise. I believe it's either in this conversation or maybe I think maybe the one later between Casey, Josh and Fessy, where Josh makes it known. Look, if Amber tries to target you, I'll throw myself in before I agree with her vote. You're fine. You're good. Fessy's kind of not really having it. You know, he does his usual, you know, Josh is my boy, but I'm in charge around here. I make my own decisions. I don't really care what Josh thinks, uh, which is kind of if it wasn't evident before this season, it's been very clear this season so far that, uh, yeah, Fessy doesn't really care what his BFF and, you know, best alliance member Josh actually thinks or actually wants him to do. We then get Amber and Casey chatting. Same thing, talking Big Brother Alliance, which Casey says she hates that they're the only one with a name, the Big Brother Alliance, yet she calls herself openly the Big Brother Alliance in interviews and in their conversations with each other, so... If you don't like it so much, call yourself something different or just say, you know, my number one and two or whatever. But anyways, I digress. Amber talks it out with Casey, thinks they have a great talk, and they she thinks she's back in the good graces of the Big Brother 3, thinks she's the rounds it out to a Big Brother 4, and... You know, I mean, the it's not all in the interview room. So all the all the stuff in the interview room with Amber at this point, the episode um, saying how she feels safe. She feels like Fessy's growing and, you know, actually is genuine and has her back. Um, You know, I believe that she believes that mostly because we see her actually in the moment with that conversation with Casey. But Casey, while not outright, she doesn't lie. Um, but she also doesn't like totally agree with Amber at any point in this conversation. She just keeps, she's very 
politician-like in kind of non-answer answers to all of them to just try to appease Amber. But it's very clear from, I mean, she makes it crystal clear in the interviews, which no one else is seeing, but, you know, the viewers at the moment. But she also makes it pretty clear in the conversation, at least I thought, if I was on the receiving end of the conversation, that, yeah, you know, like, you're we're not going to vote for you necessarily, but like you're number four at best. Like you're, you're behind, you know, if I'm, I got Josh and Fessy, you're number three behind them at best, never moving above them. You're not moving above Fessy and me on Josh's board. You're not moving above Josh and me on Fessy's board. Like, you know, you can, you can navigate your way to that third spot or whatever you want to say you're in our alliance. Great. That's better for us. But like, it's the three of us. And she, I feel like she makes it very clear. I feel like Amber, I don't know if it's gullibility, if it's just playing along, knowing it's going to be a good story, or if she really, really believes that, you know, as she says in here, that Fessy seems more genuine, he seems nicer, he seems to maybe regret a little bit of how he played the last season. I think in the end, I think Amber is just a really nice person and kind of thinks, you know, these other people are going to be nice people too, and they they doubted me last season, and they tried to get rid of me, and then I won, and so of course they respect me now, and uh, an easy mistake to make and I think she's making it just simply because she might just be a good person that kind of expects even in this cutthroat game everyone to kind of be good people back um should be said during all this we see no CT or Anissa or Tori or Amanda or Nani almost at all we get a brief clip of CT which we'll talk about later an amazing moment if we're only going to get one it was a very funny one with him and Huey but I'm not sure I saw Lanisa on the entire episode. I think Tori had one or two very brief little interview moments out of nowhere here and there. You know, Amanda, we see a little bit in the daily challenge, but otherwise kind of not seen. We only see Nani like once right before the daily challenge with her and Gabo. And that's kind of only thrown in because eventually to say set up that Gabo eventually with a rookie at the end. Um, so we see almost no CT, Anissa, Tori, Amanda, Nani. They're super safe. We know this kind of early, and it's very clear which vets are being talked about, which are the storyline of the episode, and none of them are any part of it, so we know they're not the target. So then we get Devin and Kyle. We learn Devin and Kyle are best friends, um, and we'll talk in quote of the week later, uh, Kyle explaining why they're best friends, basically because they're both dicks, um, which, great. And as mentioned in the review of everything that happened, please, MTV, never, ever, ever show us that mashup of their two faces again. That's the thing of nightmares. We don't need to see Dial or whatever the hell they called themselves. Um, but we learned that those two were, you know, each other's number one. They came in having talked beforehand. They knew they were going to work together and they trust each other and they're each other's number one within the bigger veteran alliance. Um, the daily challenge comes. A couple notable things as far as the vet fractures go. Big T is picked off first before the rookie rookie team. She is dropped in first and she makes it very known. She knows where she stands with the vets. So we kind of get some illusions similar to last episode where she was the focus. Was Tori going to throw her in or not? Big T is certainly on the outs as far as at the bottom of the veteran alliance. She is much more closer with the, some of the rookies at this point, if if anyone, and is easily, while it didn't end up happening this episode, is, you know, they're clearly setting up. She's she's not a part of this alliance. At some point, she's going to be going out of vet. She's going to make a new, smaller alliance within the vets, mixed in with some rookies, something. But she knows where she stands. It was made clear again in the daily challenge. Um, and then Kyle makes the big mistake, and he shows the rookie the biggest mistake of all. He he makes the mistake. He eliminates Devin and Emmy, who are in the lead, and ruins their strategy. And also, you know, essentially is a 
in daily challenge burn vote, so to speak, on his own best friend, which backfires on him. And the big the big mistake wasn't even just that it happened. It's that him and Devin then go at it right afterwards in front of everyone, making it known, you know, anytime there's blood in the water in a challenge house, people are going to pounce on it. And But they quickly realize that when they get back to the house, they know, hey, smart players, Devin especially, I think, played this really, really well as far as, like, he knows. He's too good for on camera, knows with the show, the storylines that Kyle did this to me. I got I to gotta do something. Uh, there's camera time to be had here. There's a fight that needs to be had. It's due, but also takes it just far enough to make it a thing and then immediately squash it and know, hey, we can't let this be a thing that people target us for. So they put it to the bed. Um then moving into the bar area, bar segment of the show, Fessy and Corey make that deal. And Fessy yet again showing he he's willing to make deals. Uh, second time in four seasons that he approaches the, the rookie that is going into elimination to try to make some sort of deal with him. First with Kells, now with Corey. Um, Corey is eager to make the deal right back saying, you know, I know I'm going in, not going to try to talk you out of it, but can I get Huey? I'll do you a solid down the road. Fessy's cool with it. They make a deal. And so we're starting to set up that, you know, Fessy is willing to wheel and deal a little bit. He's willing to look out for him before just, in particular, the Vet Alliance, even though Corey is asking for some rookies. He's the first one to really make any sort of deal of any kind with another rookie person in the house. Um, We then get Kyle apologizes to Devin. We talked about that. The apology is... It's fine. Uh, you know, they, they they hug it out. They say, I love you at the end. They're back to being dial, I guess, or whatever they call themselves. But uh, as far as, you know, best friends go, uh, could have been a little more from that apology, Kyle. Um, it could have been a little more of a best friendship on display if you're going to keep calling yourself best friends. In that, Kyle, at least, to his credit, the best friend thing gets so overplayed in the challenge house. Kyle at least does throw in best friends in the house repeatedly every time almost every time he says it which i appreciate because that's it's what they all mean for for the most part um but it's annoying when it's always just best friend best friend it's like you guys are not best friends in real life Corey and nelson maybe but the rest of you no you're not you've got other best friends best friend in the house so kyle thank you for saying that addendum on the end every time you say best friends the nominations come and the vet alliance isn't even actually really tested in the moment in nominations. It feels like with this whole buildup of the storyline, we're going to get to nominations and someone is going to call someone else out that the nominations, even if they end up going to Michelle and Corey or some other vet names are going to be brought up in it. And then right at the start, Corey and Michelle both speak up and say, hey, we know we're going in, but you know, here's the deal. Here's who we want to kind of go against. And you're thinking, all right, they're going to throw out a name. They're going to, you know, we kind of knew Corey wanted Huey, but we hadn't heard much from Michelle. You're thinking maybe they're going to throw out a name. Maybe another vet's going to speak up and say, let's go for this person. Let's go for this team and really stir things up. Or someone was going to say Kyle's name just because of what had happened in the daily. None of that. The rookies, yet again, which I give, I give Corey and Michelle, they're totally let off the hook on this. They've continued to be thrown in, thrown under the bus, they, at this point, have no... They're the only ones that kind of still left that have been trying to do any sort of rookie alliance. So for them to give up and say, fuck it, we'll target other rookies too, that's fine. That's acceptable. The rest of you, the rest of the rookies still can't get it together and just keep going at each other only. They're throwing names. Huey and Corey end up going at each other. No vets' names mentioned. So for a moment, for a brief moment, it looks like, all right, we're going four rookies again. Michelle and Corey are in. 
the vets, you know, there's little fractures, but still not yet. Still going to go a little bit further. Still going to get four more rookies, send two more home, and keep this going one week further. But no, Fessy stands up there in the rain on the podium, gives a big speech. Josh goes crazy, and Fessy picks Amber and sends her in. Everyone goes off the rails. I don't think I have ever seen the security have to come onto the podium, at least any time in like recent season where they've had you know the big old podium up there. That was definitely a first. Josh loses it. He can't believe it. TJ is just not having it. He's just so bored with the whole thing. He's checking his phone. He's eventually yelling at him. I really, I would love to know all the times on the edits of these shows. I want to know how how long certain things take. I would love to know how long this was when from when Fessy first started doing his little "I'm about to vote Amber" in speech to when <laughs> Fessy and Esther actually say Amber's name. I want to know how long that was. Was that three minutes? Was that ten minutes? Was that like twenty minutes? How long did Josh yell? and make a scene and how long was TJ just on his phone checking his texts, his voicemails, his Instagram, whatever, before he finally got the nod to like, all right, let's end this. We've got enough for camera. Like let's, let's move it on. Um, we'll talk in best and worst strategy about, about this whole thing. It's very messy. Um, and yeah, we'll leave it at that. We'll talk, we'll talk more in depth about it, but the vets do finally come for each other. Fessy decides I ain't listening to anyone else. I want Amber out of here. I want to get ahead of this. I want to get ahead of even if she thinks we're cool. We're just going to target her again. He did it last season. It backfired. She won. He lost. But he goes for her again. Not very smart, um, at least in my opinion. Not smart yet. Could have waited a little longer on this one. And Fessy is the first vet to go against another vet. Amber is the first vet to go into the elimination. She gets the win. And then at the very end, as much as now there's these big fractures between everyone, they do all kind of come together somewhat the rest of the vet alliance without fessy everyone else speaks up immediately when amber gets the choice to pick a new partner and josh yells out uh, immediately pick devin everyone else points to devin says pick devin and it's so that they can set up another rookie rookie team they've understood now how the new pairings work that who gets picked how the other people get paired up and they know if she picks devin then that leaves in Huey picks someone not named Emmy that De- that Huey or excuse me that Gabo and Emmy will end up paired together and make one more rookie rookie team to possibly throw in next week otherwise they would not have had any pure rookie rookie teams left so very smart um, and very observational this this veteran alliance to come back together for a moment here and find a way to maneuver a rookie rookie team back into the fold that they can continue to throw in there and then possibly throw in two more rookies and get all four rookies in the elimination again. So the episode ends even with all these fractures with Kyle a little bit untrustworthy, everyone calling him out for being the snake as usual with Fessy creating a huge mess and having Amber coming for his throat, having Josh and Casey probably not trusting him, have everyone else in the house saying messy Fessy is back. Um, But they do find a way to get that rookie rookie team. So the setup continues for the fifth episode. Now the same story is going to probably carry through of, you know, the vets are now at each other's throats to a degree, but are that, does that actually mean that they're not still going to throw in almost all, if not all rookies in when is the dam truly going to break? We've now, you know, there's a bunch of cracks in the dam, but the dam hasn't broken through totally. Even with this huge, messy situation, even with this huge blindside fessy thrown in amber, the dam hasn't broken quite yet. No veteran has gone home. Rookies have gone home eight, four, eight, 
basically at this point, not counting Nam, who had to leave, um, you know, for the undisclosed reasons, is the only vet who's left this game at all. So all rookies out yet again. The vets kind of still strong, but also super fractured. The dam soon to break. And, you know, that's kind of that was the storyline of the episode. It definitely, they advanced that plot. It's been the plot of all season, rookies versus vets. Vets continue to pick off two more rookies, but have a lot of a lot of damage done along the way. And uh, I totally expect this is going to be, you know, the biggest storyline next week. It's going to get maybe a little more focused on specific pairings. This big brother blowing up in everyone's face, but uh, the storyline continues for another week. The vets versus the rookies. The vets 4-0 at this point, wiping out the rookies, cleaning them out of the house quickly and swiftly. And with that, we'll move into and talk about some of the secondary storylines. There was not as many. as It was the dominant theme of the episode, this vet on vet, who's going to go first, vets versus rookies. But there were a couple secondary storylines as well. So let's dive into those briefly. All right, so... As far as secondary storylines go, there's really kind of two, and one of one of them is actually kind of a sub storyline of the main storyline. Um, so we'll talk about that one first. Is that was Big Brother falling apart? Uh, definitely was you know a part of the main storyline we just talked about, but just to focus on it a little bit further, you know, Big Brother Alliance basically for three straight seasons now. Big Brother Alliance means Fessy, uh, Fessy, Josh, and Casey. And it's third season row. They've all been there. They've all been working together. And, you know, Fessy and Casey have made it to the final both times. And Josh made not so much um, because he couldn't win his all of his eliminations the way Fessy and Casey have been able to. Um, But it's always been three. It hasn't been four. And last season we got, you know, the whole there was a storyline throughout the season of Amber kind of feeling like, hey, I'm the other big brother player here. Uh, We didn't know each other. I was from many seasons before you on Big Brother. But you know, I'm big brother, I'm in the alliance, and I'm kind of being wishy-washy with her about it, Fessy kind of throwing her under the bus secretly in the interviews, not wanting to be her partner, this, that, and the other, and, you know, it comes back up this season, now she's the champion, how are you not going to let the champion into your main alliance, I'm just looking for, you know, she might be the champion, but other than maybe, we haven't seen her in CT talk, because again, we haven't seen CT talk to anyone so far this season, pretty much, um, but, uh, Amber's still looking kind of for an alliance really. And she still wants to be a part of this big brother alliance. She's willing to forgive Fessy. Um, he doesn't want anything to do with her, which is silly. Cause again, she's a champion. She whooped you in the final last time. You should have stuck with her potentially as a partner last time. Um, you should probably try to get her as a partner on this season. Although Esther's doing pretty great. So you're in solid hands there. Um, but the big brother, it's falling apart right before our eyes. We see the beginnings of Josh and Fessy going at it, huge blow up. And we know from the initial trailer, there's, there's a legitimate, you know, get each other's face, have security, hold me back moment coming, um, from them. So maybe that's next episode. Um, but the big brother Alliance has officially crumbled before our eyes and maybe down to just a Josh and Casey still our besties alliance um the other sub sub or sub geez secondary storyline of this episode there were little little moments throughout but there was a bunch of little moments throughout of the romance still still going strong in the house we had a bunch of romance and again it wasn't it wasn't overbearing we didn't see a lot of it 
but that's we saw a lot of instances just all very very short instances that's the way to say this i guess we we lost michelle who is the main romantic storyline throughout the episode her and emmanuel uh michelle's gone so that that relationship is done we finally saw them kiss a couple times as was alluded to by Manuel last episode we get a couple really cute moments though along the way in the interviews um and emmanuel had a couple great comments in the interviews uh about michelle and he had one really awesome little moment uh when in the deliberation or nominations excuse me when they put Corey and Michelle up on the screen as the chosen ones, he kind of breaks the tension of the room by going, who's that beautiful girl there? And, you know, Michelle loves that. She loves, he runs down and gives her a hug and a kiss when she loses. And so we lose them, at, but we got a little couple more last romantic moments there. We see Jeremiah and Amber getting a little close and get sharing a little kiss here or there at the bar. We we know Casey and Nani is a thing. It's just totally off camera for now, so we don't actually see that, but we know it's still happening somewhere. Um, we do get a little flirty moment mid-daily challenge between Amanda and Fessy, so maybe those two, you know, had their little hookup right first day or two in the house, but maybe we'll we'll see something again flare up from them. Maybe Amanda likes the villainous turn that Fessy has taken yet again, and that, you know, gets her excited. The villain, the, you know, self-described uh, I think she, you know, started with Johnny Bananas, called her Satan, and now she just rides with it and is you know self-proclaimed villain. So maybe maybe something will spark back up there now that he's a villain too. Yet again, maybe not. Who knows? But they did have a little a little moment while they were both hanging up on the contraption, kind of flirty commentary back and forth. Um, we did get to see opposite of romance, Ashley get a tiny little bit of revenge at Nelson, who right before the challenge pleads with her, hey, I'm sorry, Ashley, don't, you know, don't drop me in the water, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do you like I did you, um, and which Ashley then, which I, I believe literally guesses <laughs> uh, the combo, because Huey's not helping her, giving her any things, but she guesses one of the answers, gets to drop a bomb, and drops Nelson into the water as a little revenge, and then of course we had Big T crushing on Logan, so you know, a handful of possible romances still brewing in the house, um, but we did lose another one that was outright there in front of us, Michelle and Manuel. So the romance, one romance down, a few others potentially popping up and kindling as we speak. So those were your secondary storylines. Again, not as many of them because the main one just kind of dominated. And I expect going into next episode, it's kind of going to be the same thing. It's going to be whatever vets end up going at each other. This big brother blow up right in our faces is probably going to be center stage. But those for this week were your secondary storylines. Let's move into the Daily Challenge and the Elimination, which both were great, and we got to talk a little bit more about them in depth. So let's do that. All right, so first of our two athletic events of this episode was the Daily Challenge. Uh, quick recap, they one partner, uh, two heats in each heat. One partner goes up on this contraption hanging upside down-ish or, you know, on their backs, basically hanging in the air, 35 feet above the water. They got to crawl down to the end of this rig, look at some codes along the way, walkie-talkie them to their other partner who takes the codes, runs over to some decoder area in a rock pit, figures out the combo, comes back, opens a lock. They open a lock. You get to pick one team to drop off the rig. You open a second lock. You get to drop a second team. You open the third lock. You get to drop everyone out that's left in the heat in the first team to drop everyone else and get three uh, locks open wins that heat whoever wins their heat faster between the two heat winners is the winner of the whole thing um, it was a little confusing 
at the beginning. The first time they explained it, they didn't explain it very, very well. They had Corey L. come back in one of the interviews at coming out of commercial and kind of re-explain it a little more simply. And by the end of it, it made it made sense, but it also never ended up making, it didn't totally make sense what the codes were, where they were then getting the numbers from over on the rocks to come back and open the the bombs. Um, it was a little bit confusing, but it did look cool. It was it was cool overall. The visual of it was cool. Uh, Croatia is beautiful. Yet again, we learned Croatia is stunning and beautiful. Uh, that water, crystal clear, blue, just beautiful stuff. Um, but uh, the two heat things is my was my first note on this. It's it's always a little bit tough not knowing who wins when they win. I know it builds the suspense of then right afterwards we get to have TJ, you know, do the dramatic pause and tell us who won between the two winners of the heats. But I like to know who wins like in the moment and get to have them celebrate in the moment that they just did it. Um, so that always, that's just something It happens a lot. There's always, you know, multiple heats, but I like when they do, if it's two heats where then you put, you know, the top two from each heat up there and do a final heat, something like that, where we can have a winner actually happen in the moment. Um, that was kind of my only negative note. Otherwise, you know, even if it was a little confusing to us, they all seem to know what was going on. So that's fine. Um, sometimes these are just harder to, you know, to convey exactly how everything works in a short time span to us as the viewers. I'm sure this took a lot longer in person during the day. Um, couple other notes on it. One, it'll come up in worse strategy again, but Ashley, why did you put Huey up there? They were allowed to pick whichever partner on whichever end. And I guess Ashley just, you know, wanted to be the one decoding on the end, but Huey's terrified of heights. He threw up last episode having to jump down what they said was 30 feet but looked maybe lower than that into water. Now you're hanging him 35 feet above the water and having needing him to stay calm and read you codes while hanging up there. Obviously, it's a bad idea. Shouldn't have put him up there. That was note number one. Uh, the English not being everyone's first language definitely played a role in this challenge. They having to communicate back and forth in the walkie-talkie. Um, that can be tough in general, talking on the walkie-talkies up. If there's wind up there, anything like that, they're all hanging only a few feet away from each other. If they're all trying to talk at once, that'll pick up everyone. But some of them that have the English as first language or not as first language, it didn't seem to play any effect. Others, it did um, play a certain effect. We had a few people comment on you know, most of the people here calling this dots and dashes. I call it lines and periods, I think. Uh, I don't remember if that was Bettina, maybe, uh, that said, yeah, I think it was Bettina that said, you know, like, that's not what everyone else is calling this something, and Corey wants me to call these something that I'm not, that's not how I would refer to them as, so that played a little bit of a role, which I think is the first real time this season that um, that has played a role for any of these international players whose English, uh, you know, isn't their first language, and so you know, that plays a role in the house and the social dynamics of who's able to converse with who, get closer to who. But this first time, it's kind of played a little bit of a role in the daily challenge as well. Croatia is beautiful. I got to throw that again. I wrote that in my notes multiple times. Um, and then as far as the strategy of the second group, mostly a good strategy. They all decide, hey, we want, we kind of trust all the vets that are in this second heat. We want one of us to win. So whoever gets out to a lead don't drop them. If anyone's in the lead, don't drop them. Whoever is doing the worst, that's who the people that get to drop people should drop. And it's mostly a good strategy, but my main comment on how it could have been a little better is they got to watch the first round and they're standing close enough. They got to listen 
And this is one of those times going second, going last, going further in the order has always been an advantage in the world of the challenge. And this one, it should have been a huge advantage because they were standing close enough to hear. And even if not, the moment they get up there, they all had the same codes. It seemed like they all had the exact same puzzle, the exact same codes, the exact same combos on their locks that they were trying to get, which is why I think later in that heat, Ashley was able to just guess one without Huey actually telling her anything. Or in the first heat, Ashley just guesses one. But I think it's because she just heard or saw or maybe even without us seeing it was told by someone else what one of the combinations was. But they all had the same combos, and I feel like they would have figured that out early on, and they could have just picked someone. If they wanted Devin to be the one in power, they could have just immediately all said, all right, you go to code number one, you go to code number two, you go to code number three. Devin, we're going to give you this one, and then I'm going to yell to Emmy and have Emmy relay you this next one, and then I'm going to yell to Emmy and relay you this third one. We're just going to get you the win as quick as possible. I feel like they could have done that. They could have gone all full in on, we're going to all throw this and help one person win. They only went half measures that allowed for mistakes to be made. Kyle makes the big mistake, um, but it is what it is. Maybe they'll get better. Um, it is not the most veteran of veteran groups. So figuring out how to throw or sway these daily challenges, they'll get there. They'll get there. Um, final comments on it was no hard falls in the water, which I'm sure the producers were you know disliked greatly. They love showing a hard fall. They love showing someone to do, do that belly fop smack their nose, get the bloody nose, pop the breast implant, what have you, in challenge history. But no one with the hard falls, which I was happy to see um, for all the challengers' sake. No one taking a hard fall in a in a setup that kind of, I'm guessing they were banking on it. The way they were hanging there, you know, they're fa- falling straight from their back, dropped out at kind of a weird angle. A few of them did spin a little, but no one, no one took too nasty of a fall on that one. And that's all for our daily challenge. So, that's that's physical challenge number one. Let's move to sport portion number two, the elimination. And the elimination, similar to daily challenge. I really liked it. Um, it was a solid physical puzzle. I am a big fan of the physical puzzles. One of my favorite uh, challenge games that is kind of a challenge staple, but not, you know, is a tier below the hall brawls and pole wrestles, um, but is the not so fast, any version of the game where they're tied to a rope and have to make, you know, knots tie up a rope, but it's, it's a puzzle, but it's a physical puzzle. You have to physically, you know, maneuver your way through. This is a version of a physical puzzle. The two people are, you know, attached together by some handcuffs, but that handcuff has, you know, maybe a two to three foot pole on it. And that pole has to be constantly maneuvered around as they go up, down, over and around through this little, um, you know, obstacle course ish all the way to one side and back. So I love these. I think they're awesome. They are a great example of you know, the hall brawl is, you know, a football drill and it's really cool. I love it. I love watching it. Pole wrestle is just straight up wrestling, <laughs> a very dangerous version of wrestling. And, you know, I love that, but those are like very much closer to sport sports or, you know, mainstream sports or whatever. Um, this is the type of game that I think a challenge, uh, a survivor and the other, you know, reality competition shows have kind of cut their teeth on and made their bread and butter and is the thing that's a little different from any other athletic competition that's out there, sport that's out there, is this kind of mixture of puzzle with physicality. So big fan of the actual event itself. Visually, it was a little hard to, I mean, I think it was just one team was way in the front the whole time, but 
Um, visually, it didn't 100% work, even if I loved the idea of the challenge and I loved the, the elimination itself. It didn't visually work as well as sometimes the not so fast for, uh, to bring it back to that, always work really, really well and kind of just, I don't know, it just kind of always looks cool and looks good. And this one had moments where it did, but other moments where it was very confusing of what are they trying to get around? Why are they stuck? Why, why did they just move forward 10 feet so instantly fast, but now they're stuck forever? Um, so a little bit of confusion visually, but all around good, good elimination. Um, definitely harder for Corey being bigger. One of the many times where the whole, you know, the big guys in the house, I am certainly guilty of it immediately get picked as like, Oh, look at these big threats in the game because of how big and strong they are. But there are just as many of these eliminations and daily challenges where being bigger can hurt you. And being the tall muscular guy definitely hurt Corey a little bit in this one because maneuvering up down around over under the bars twisting around definitely is a little bit harder the bigger you are the harder that's going to be to get through some of these tight spaces and these tight little turns they were having to make um as far as the competition between them itself huey talking shit in the middle is just classic like my guy you gotta pay attention. You gotta pay attention. Focus. Talk your shit after. Talk your shit before, but not in the middle when you're winning. And during all that shit talking, Huey, a classic challenge pitfall, drops the key. And it's way too late at night uh, after this episode aired and we're filming this. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm doing a bad job as your historian to give you exact examples. But this is a this is a common theme long history in the challenge world of someone dropping a key, forgetting a relic, forgetting a puzzle piece, or just, you know, leaving something behind, whether it's in a final, whether it's in, it happened multiple times, you know, on the fresh meat seasons, I believe in their eliminations. Um, it's a classic challenge pitfall. You've got to remember to bring all the tokens or the keys or anything they give you or show you during a challenge or an elimination or a final Take it. Keep it with you. You can't forget it. If you forget it, you got to go back. You are toast. But in this instance, they made it seem like, oh, my God, now they've blown this lead when in reality the key was within a, a long reach of the foot. Someone, I, I forget who, maybe it was Nelson in the interview, says Huey does the splits to get the key. He's got a good reach with his foot, but we're going to stop short of saying my man did the splits to get that thing. Uh, but they have to backtrack a little. It makes it a little bit closer, but they eventually get there. But loved seeing that just classic challenge pitfall. But this time, not not stopping, being a lesson for all the other challengers up there on the podium. Remember your keys. Remember your tokens. Remember your puzzle pieces. I'm sure somewhere up there, while they never were seen on this episode, Anissa and CT were laughing on the inside at, ha, look at these dummies. They, they haven't been watching. They don't know. They don't know what we know. I'm sure they were getting a good laugh out of it out there. Final note on the elimination, Amber with the little flip at the end, the last little obstacle they get to it, and she's like, fuck it, I'm just I'm just going to jump over and flip over my belly, over this bar, body be damned, you're just getting it done, getting there to the end, getting the win, so good elimination. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give the elimination a full on A minus. I just, I really, I'm really into the physical puzzle element. Um, it had a, you know, the classic forget the key moment. Had the shit talking that it was all around. the The elimination itself was good. The actual, the the doing of the elimination was fun and compelling. So A minus on the elimination. I'm giving the daily challenge a B just because it was kind of confusing. Um, and again, the two heat things with no final heat kind of bummed me out. So B. 
maybe B minus. I liked a lot about it, but a couple of big complaints about it. So A minus for the elimination. We're going B minus for the daily challenge. Let's now move into our awards segment, hand out some awards, best and worst strategy, best quote, best moment, MVP, all of them coming up. Let's get it. To the awards we go. Let's start with the best strategy. We start positive, then we'll go negative because there's a lot of negative. There's only a few positives, but two nominees did make it into our best strategy award for the week. First nominee, Devin and Josh's partnership. We we learn in this uh, a little bit more in depth why they are partnered together, and that reason is simple. They think if they make a final, one of the only people they have a chance of beating in the house is each other. They say this flat out to each other's faces, and they're both like, yep, we are all in agreement. We're still good. We're still on the same page, and that's why we're partners, and that's why it's working, and they're also just clearly blow up at the end between Josh and Fessy kind of to the side, but even with that being a part, Devin and Josh are admittedly running the game. They're they're running the veteran alliance at this point, not just who we're seeing do it, but who's clearly just actively doing it. Um, and so the two of them coming together after last season, finding a way on their exit together, spending that time together on their way out of double agents, coming into the season, partnering up, realizing that yes, if they actually not just want to make a final, but have a chance at winning, that they can't go against CT. They probably can't go against Fessy. They probably even can't go against Corey or maybe some of these other rookies that look in tough. They need to go against each other and hopefully just each other would be the best case. So their partnership and how they talked and we're working things out and everything we learned about it, definitely best strategy on display this episode. The other nominee is CT. Kind of a group nominee for CT and Anissa, and even CT, Anissa, and Nani, but really CT taking the cake because he's the only one of those three that we like almost even got to see. I literally don't know that I saw Anissa on this entire episode, um, and we briefly saw Nani when Gabo patted her on the head right before the Daily Challenge, um, and she handled that well, as she always does. God bless you, Nani. You are a treasure, <laughs> um, but CT does at least... We get the one real moment with him, him and uh, Huey working out. Is that CT quietly staying completely off the radar of everyone, staying completely in the background, talking to almost no one. But when he does, it's always, you know, him and a rookie having a little moment off to the side, making small little inroads of, you know, I like this guy. This guy might like me. And, you know, where maybe I got another person who isn't going to fear me or isn't going to want to vote me in or I'm making little tiny friendships here and there. Otherwise, I'm staying completely in the background, making little friendships. So just CT, uh, we'll talk about in predictions, but he's going to win. And um, it's because of this strategy that is employing, even if we're not seeing almost any of it, that's the whole point of the strategy. So those are your two nominees for best strategy. And because one actually is in front of us and one of them is completely off this radar, we got to give it to the one in front of us, Devin and Josh, partnership best strategy on this episode. That's that winner. Now let's talk worst strategy. And this time there's six, there's six nominees. There could have probably been more, but let's run through each of the nominees. Worst strategy of the week. First one, we mentioned it before, Josh and Fessy. Don't talk game five feet away from everyone else in the house. Like it was quick, but it it, it looked like at least 10 other people were standing literal feet away from them while you're trying to have little quiet, hushed conversations on the couch. Everyone knows what's going on. And yes, 
you could say Josh and Fessy are clearly working together. Everyone knows they're working together. This isn't like some, you know, groundbreaking thing for other people seeing them chatting, but like, don't have your conversation right there where everyone can hear it or don't put it in each other's, everyone else's faces that you two are over there whispering because all the vets are supposed to be working together. And if you guys are off just a little whispering five feet away, it seems like maybe you're the first ones that are starting to target another vet, which turned out to be true. Um, even if it wasn't together and it was against each other's wills, but anyways, that's worst strategy. Number one, go to the cabana, like everyone else, go inside the house. Everyone else was outside, go inside, go, go anywhere. That's not five feet away from everyone else. When you want to talk strategy, second nominee also mentioned before, Ashley, what are you doing? Huey's horrified of heights. Clearly don't put him up in the air on the rig. Even if you think you're going to be better at the codes and puzzles, Give him a chance to prove himself there. You should probably want to learn how your partner handles those after the first daily challenge of the season was a debacle for you both. So go up there. Take the heights. You've done it a hundred times. You can do it another time. Keep him out of the heights when you can. That was horrible strategy from that team. Nominee number three, Kyle taking out Devin in the daily challenge. Not smart, dude. What are you doing? That's, That's your boy. That's your bestie. What are you doing? That's number three option for worst strategy. Number four option nominee for worst strategy, Huey. Um, for just how he handles uh, being called out in the nomination room, um, I don't know that Fessy was going to honor and throw in Huey. Uh, probably was because his goal was really to go for Amber, and I think because he made that deal with, with Corey, he was going to honor that either way. But um, Huey just doesn't totally handle being called out very well. He also then, you know, lets slip that he voted for himself, which just makes his own partner mad at him. And just the whole, that whole thing was a uh, poor performance strategically, great performance television wise, but poor performance strategically from Huey and that that's your fourth nominee. Your fifth nominee is Fessy calling out Amber. What, what are you doing? Um, she's not coming for you. If Clearly, one, you're not listening to your supposed best friend and number one partner in the house, Josh, who's telling you, look, we're partners. You don't have, you're not going to go in. If we're ever in power, she can't vote you in on her own. She has to, while she's attached to me, agree with me. I will go in before you. I promise. Like, you have no reason to target her. If she gets targeted by someone else, if she gets picked by someone else and changes partners and is no longer with Josh, then go for it. But one, you targeted her last year. It didn't work. And she won the whole season. And then she came back into the house and two was cool with you, was willing to be like, can you guys just let me into this little alliance? I'm a champion now. I tried to be in last year. I'm putting all that bullshit aside that you all didn't really want me to be. Can you just put me in? Is he not communicating with Casey and about their talk that they had of just at least like, hey, Amber's voting with us. So don't go against her now, even if she's not like, you know, creeping into breaking into our actual big three here. You know, keep her around for now. She's a number for us, and she's a solid number for us. What are you doing? You're going against the Vet Alliance. You're the first to do it. You don't want to be the first one. It's going to happen eventually. Let someone else be the one that starts all of it. Let it be someone other than Amber. Just all around, don't think it was a great idea. And, you know, even with the fat knowledge that Amber then wins, um, you know, you had to be able to look in there and also see what game they were playing. There was no hall. There was no poll. There was... There was clearly a puzzle-ish, obstacle course-ish something. You didn't know exactly what it was, but you could tell it wasn't some big physical thing between them. There was clearly two tracks of pipe set up, so the teams weren't going to be getting near each other. It was some sort of race, some sort of down and back. 
you could figure it out and know that you might have had a lot of faith in Corey over Huey. You might have had a lot of faith in Michelle, but you're throwing in a two-for-two elimination, one-for-one champion, you know, on her way, keeping that perfect record challenge champ in Amber. This wasn't the time. It wasn't the time to throw her in there. It wasn't the challenge that would scream out, oh, she's her and Huey are definitely super big underdogs here. It was anyone game. It was a bad move. So Fessy calling out Amber is our fifth nominee for worst strategy. And our sixth and final one is Josh's handling of Fessy calling out Amber. You can be as mad as you want. You can puff your chest out. I'm sure we're going to see more of it from him. But you got to keep it calm on the stage. It is still, even if he's going right in your face, throwing it in your face, even if you've told him over and over, don't do this. In the moment when you realize he's going to do it, just keep your mouth shut. Be pissed off later. Not in front of everyone. Don't make it immediately. Well, now, no matter what happens from the moment those words came out of Fessy's mouth, if you react the way Josh reacts, from that moment on, Fessy and Josh and Casey's alliance is done. The veteran alliance between them is done. Everything's done. You have no more options. You're going against each other now because of how you handled that and in front of everyone. Just... All around, it was bad. You can be super pissed. You can be very angry. You can blow up in Fessy's face, but you can't do it right there in that moment. You got to let it happen. You throw in one or two, just like, what the fuck? Fuck you. This is bullshit. And then it's over. You move on and you blow up on him later on after Amber's won. Because if Amber would have lost, you could have been mad at him in secret, in the side. You could have went to him and said, what the hell, dude? Like, I thought we were working together. I thought... Like, why don't you listen to me? But you could have done to the side. You could have kept it out. If Amber had lost that, you would have wanted that alliance to stay strong of you, Fessy, and Casey of the vets. So poor move all around. A lot of bad strategy this week. We had Josh and Fessy together as nominee number one, talking next to each other, next to all the other people. We had Ashley as nominee number two for putting Huey up on the rig. We had Kyle as nominee number three for outing Devin in the Daily Challenge. We had Huey as nominee number four for how he handled being called out. We had Fessy number five for calling out Amber. And we had Josh on his own as number six nominee for this handling of Fessy calling out Amber. A lot of bad strategy. I'm going to go ahead and give the award, though, to... Fessy. I think it's got to go to Fessy. Um, you know, maybe Fessy and Josh, they both were on here as individual nominees and joint nominees. So maybe the two of them, Josh and Fessy, they deserve it together. Yeah, let's give it to both of them. Josh and Fessy, worst strategy all around, all across the entire episode, how they handled all of this. All right. So that's your worst strategy, your best strategy. Let's talk best quote. Uh, started slow. This episode started slow in the quote department, but picked up steam heavily in the middle, and we ended up getting a bunch of good ones. So we've got six nominees here. The first one was Manuel, who had a lot of great moments. He was one of the kind of stars, the background stars of this episode that wasn't really a part of any of the big main storylines, but managed to shine anyway because of some good interview moments and some good little quotes here and there. The big one uh, for me or my favorite of all the things he said was when he calls out CT, but then lets us know, of course, he's kidding because it's CT. So let's hear that one from Emmanuel. CT, you just sabotage my girl. I'm coming for you. No, 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 no. Don't come for me. Then we got Nelson. While comparative quote to quote, uh, in this episode, it, I'll, spoiler alert, it's not going to win best quote, but it is one 
that is going to be a very quotable or memeable quote for time to come to use in a lot of other situations in the challenge. And that is when the he announces the arrival of Kyle the Snake. So let's hear Nelson take it away. Here comes the snake. Then we've got Esther. Esther Potential number one standout rookie right now. Uh, coming into this episode, I would have maybe said Corey or Michelle, who had been getting you know a lot of the attention just because they were kept, kept being thrown in. They're now gone. Esther, two daily wins, has been crushing it. She's been killing it in the interviews. And I just absolutely love just everything about her energy, her vibe, the way she's handling herself, the way she's playing the game, thinking the game. And she had a quote of the week nominee after winning talking about herself in the third person and just all the self-love she was throwing on herself. I loved seeing it. So let's hear Esther's self-love for herself after winning that daily challenge. Yes! Esther, way to go! The second daily win out of four. You're crushing it, girl. Then, alluded to earlier, but Kyle explaining why he and Devin are best friends. Classic Kyle Let's hear what the man has to say about their best friendship and why it exists. My number one is Devin. He's my best friend. I didn't even pick him as being my best friend. We just kind of got glued together because we're both dickheads. This is not good for us. I know I kind of screwed up. Then we've got Devin and Josh during their entire kind of back and forth about why, during the bar scene, why they are aligned together. Devin just straight up to Josh's face so that the viewers at home could hear explaining why they want to face each other and why they are aligned. Everything about it was great, so take it away, Devin. You know how I roll. There's no backdoor deal. There's no trying to go here, trying to go there. There's none of that. And my best chance at winning a final is to run it against Josh. Right? Like, that's why we're in this thing that we're in, right? Because we respect each other to the level of we're not trying to go against CT. We're not trying to go against people that have been here, done it, won it before. Our best chance of winning is against each other. And I'm under the impression that that's what this whole alliance is built yes. on. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then finally, TJ making an appearance in the best quote. We usually... I don't always, even if if he has anything great to say, I always kind of forget to potentially include him here. So we didn't do that this time. And TJ uh, will come up here again. This whole thing will come up in best moment in a, in a moment. Best moment in a moment. But uh, TJ yelling at everyone to shut the F up was just awesome and him taking control. And I loved it. And it's a quote of the week nominee. So let's hear TJ trying to get everyone to quiet down. Please stop talking. Everybody stop talking, please. No, I said don't put Amber B. Hey, shut up! Enough! All right, Fessy, which woman do you want to send down here? Those are your six nominees. As always, I've been getting a few comments and DMs on Instagram. There's a lot of a lot of great things said every one of these episodes. There's a reason they use the interview clips that they use because they're usually funny or witty or something or advanced story, whatever. There's a lot of great quotes. If you think I missed one, I always post all of these quote nominees on Instagram at Challenge Historian. So when that post comes up in a day or two, comment on it. Let me know which one you think I missed, which one uh, I aired on, which one are more of your favorites versus mine. But these were my six favorite quotes of the episode. And I'm going to go ahead and give the award for best quote to 
Davin. <laughs> Again, uh, um, I'm very biased on this show, uh, if it's not clear by now. Uh, Devin carried a lot of last season. He's kind of carrying this season a lot. And he just has amazing and funny and witty things to say at all times. And I just absolutely loved how brutally honest and into Josh's face, not in the interview, but in the moment, knowing that it was also kind of like an in-the-moment interview that the was more for the viewer at home, but just telling Josh straight to his face, We've got we're partnered because we can beat each other and we can't beat anyone else. Everything about that was just absolutely great. So quote of the week to Devin, a many time winner of quote of the week at this point, probably going to win many more to come. Let's then move into the best moment Four nominees, best moment of the episode, favorite moment of the episode, whatever you want to call it. It is very subjective. It's my awards. I get to give them out. I get to give the nominees out. So four nominees, best moment, CT and Huey working out. I loved everything about this. Um, small shades of CT and Big T working out last season, um, but CT one-on-one workout class with him as a trainer is just just great every time. Huey and him kind of out or out inside on their own while everyone else is out partying. CT clearly part of his strategy of just never being you know social with anyone is trying to probably. I imagine we didn't see it. He's probably trying to get a workout in on his own. Huey comes in. He's like, ah, it's just one person I could, you know, maybe get a little friendship going with you. That's great. <laughs> but Huey asking, hey, what do you what do you do? What how do you get ready for these? And CT's advice being, well, I start every workout by balancing on a Bosu ball, I think was basically his strategy. He just sits knee kneels on top of a Bosu ball, which is hard to actually sit there balanced the way he is. So he's like, Huey, give it a try. It opens up your hips and it, you know, gets a good core workout. And Huey instantly falls. CT tries to grab him. Huey falls and rolls on the floor. They're kind of laughing. They're Huey's out of breath doing his jump rope. They're kind of assessing each other, gaining a little friendship. Everything about it was great. CT and Huey's workout. Moment number one, nominee for best moment. Number two, Devin and Josh, everything we just said, the whole quote, that whole scene of them talking to each other is the second moment nominee of the week. Number three, also referred to in the quote, everything TJ is doing during Josh and Fessy's blow up. Josh and Fessy's blow up is one thing. It was a interesting moment to say the least. It was a big moment within the episode. It's not a nominee, but TJ during Josh and Fessy's blow up is everything. Gosh, Give this guy an Emmy. We can't say it enough. Give him at least a nomination. Finally, will you finally, finally, finally nominate him for best uh, host? I forget what the exact category is, but there's literally a best reality competition series host award, and they never even nominate TJ. He should get nominated. This should be his highlight reel alone. Uh, The moment this whole thing breaks out, he just kind of puts his head down. He's kind of like, oh, God, this is going to take forever. He gets his phone out. He literally gets his phone out and checks his phone. It is unbelievable. And then finally, when he's fed up, he yells at all of them. He gains control. lets everyone know, hey, Mr. TJ is speaking here. You know, handler TJ, dad TJ, everyone afraid of challenge uh, legend host handler TJ. Gains control. Everything he does in that whole moment is just Amazing as always, amazing stuff for I'm giving. So that's nominee number three. And then nominee number four is the flip from Amber at the end of the elimination. Just a great athletic moment from her. Gets in just perfectly timed right at the end for that little exclamation point on the end of her and Huey's win, keeping her perfect streak alive. Now three for three in eliminations and going for that second straight final and possibly second straight title. So 
keeping her perfect streak alive. That little flip, the little flare. She's she's one for the little flare. She's always able to throw in something little extra as she's dominating, as she's winning things. She always throws in that little extra flare, whether it's that you know grand entrance she had in this season, whether it's the flip here. So a great moment from her. Those are your four nominees for best moment of the episode. But without a doubt, the only answer for the best moment of the episode, the one I'm sure I will be seeing all over Instagram in the next few days, the one I'm sure will be referenced a lot and memed to death a lot in the future, it's got to be TJ, specifically getting his phone out during this whole blow up, but just his whole vibe during this blow up, his just couldn't care less, when you guys are done, I'm going to yell, if you're not going to get done, I'm going to yell at you, everything about that, that's the best moment of the episode for me, so TJ getting a win, getting an award under his belt here. Then let's talk MVP, which we are going to leave TJ out of the MVP running on any of these episodes, unless it's just over the top deserved, which sometimes it might be. So, but for today, he's out of it. Uh, Four people received votes. A fifth person won the MVP for receiving votes for the MVP of this episode. From my point of view, first one, Fessy, he got the daily win and he was for better or worse, sometimes a lot of times worse, was the center of attention of pretty much the whole episode. You know, he he makes a good deal, even if that deal is never going to pay off for him. He had some poor strategy, sure. That's why he's only receiving votes and not winning. But he got a daily win. He was the center of attention. That's enough to get you some votes for MVP of the episode. Esther also received some votes. Her daily win continued, excuse me, continuing to be a standout rookie, a favorite of mine, probably of the rookies that remain, probably my favorite rookie that is remaining in the house. And I think, um, I don't think I'm alone among challenge fans in that sentiment. She has been fantastic so far and had another great episode, another daily challenge win. And this one, I also love seeing from her one, the strategy. She's really thinking this stuff through. And two, that first daily challenge when they get, she freaks out. She's so happy. She's so proud. And that's absolutely deserved. You, You know, coming from Nigeria, getting on this show was a big thing for her. And then she's winning a daily challenge. You be exuberant. You act like you haven't been there because you haven't. You freak out. You have a great time. It was awesome to watch. But I loved even more than with this second win. She still has a big smile. I think even a tear comes to her eye when she's announced as the winner. But she takes it in stride. She acts like she's already, she's already acting like she's been there. Fourth daily challenge, second win. And she's already going from being absolutely ecstatic to knowing, nope, I'm winning these because I belong. I'm just going to smile, nod, and you know, show my appreciation. But handling things incredibly well, acting like she's been there before, showing that you know, acting that that veteran maturity by the fourth episode of her first season. So she is, you know, strides and strides every single episode. Favorite rookie. She gets some votes for MVP. Also receiving votes, Devin. He's playing the best game. We talked about it before. And I do think, again, he handled the whole Kyle situation right as far as you, you've got to do something about that. You've got to have a little bit of an argument, but you've also got to squash it quickly for the actual game sake. So balancing that show versus game very well as he does a lot. So Devin received some votes. Amber then also is the fourth and final vote receiver who didn't quite win the MVP, but gets the elimination win, has that nice moment with the flip and that flare at the end. She seems to be possibly gaining a lot of control in the game, even as she was targeted. She comes out on top, and now things are flipped. Maybe Fessy is going to be kind of the odd one out. Maybe some others have an Amber's back. So she receives votes, but the winner of the MVP of the episode, it could only go to one person, and that person is Huey. Huey, 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 two episodes. 
two strong episodes in a row now, really building the resume here. He was you know, one of the stars of last week's episode with all the great quotes, all the moments of not wanting to jump off the cliff, everything hilarious between him and Ashley. Um, this week, he gets an elimination win. He, while he freaks out and barely tries or competes in the daily challenge he does get up on the rig and faces his fears he's at least up there freaking out it's great television so that he had that form he had the great moment with ct in the workout learning a little bit more about him and he was just all around kind of the star of this episode and he's got to be the mvp winner of this episode so huey gets the mvp that is all of our awards huey the mvp best moment went to tj for how he handled and what he was doing during that josh and fessy blow up best quote of the week goes to devin for explaining bluntly he and josh's friendship slash alliance to josh's face worst strategy josh and fessy for everything they did together or separate and best strategy to also devin and josh so best strategy and worst strategy from josh at the same time very very up and down all over the place episode for josh kind of his calling card at this point let's finally close this all out with some power rankings and some predictions all right so finally before we leave we've got to update the power rankings we gotta we gotta update the big board here who's who's in the lead who is you know on their way well on their way to making that final winning possibly that final we're still going to view these as team power rankings for now we we thought we'd maybe by this point of the season already split into just a male and female power rankings with as much turnover as there are in teams but we're going to keep it with team power rankings for now because i think i think the turnover is going to keep happening i think almost every week we're going to probably see new teams but I think that turnover is going to come between a lot of the same people over and over. It sort of has so far. So for now, we're going to keep team power rankings here. And those team power rankings start as they have started multiple times already. Coming out of the fourth episode, we're still confident CT and Berna are sitting in the power position. CT is playing a flawless game in the background. Berna off that win last week. It seems like the heat has died down on her. She's got vets on her side, both with her partner CT and his connections. She's got Nelson wrapped around her fingers and his connections. A lot of the other rookies seem to like or respect her. And so CT and Berna, number one in the power rankings. I feel very good about their position in the game. Number two, brand new team, Amber and Devin. Uh, partially because, as we said, Devin playing the best game, running the game at this point is kind of the head maestro of the Veteran Alliance. And now Amber, as we mentioned, potentially going from being the first vet targeted to being the vet that's going to be doing the targeting and gaining a little more control. And just, she's a champion. Um, and Devin is a good strategic political player. Now they're together as one of the few vet-vet teams, which gives them some added power. So they sit in my number two spot. Number three spot, Josh and Ashley Again, Josh is a part of, he and Devin kind of are, eh, as odd as it is to say, the ones, you know, running this whole this whole thing. There's a big blow up there with Josh. Yes, there was a big, you know, blow up with Ashley previously, but we've now got a vet, another vet, vet pair. Josh, strong standing in the game, even if him and Fessy go at it now. Um, you know, I don't think that ends in Fessy throwing Josh in. Um, I think it might end the other way around, if anything. But I still feel good about Josh's alliances. I feel good about Ashley and her alliances and them being able to play both sides of the veteran group and being a vet-vet pair. So they're number three. Tori and Ed, almost unseen in this episode. Um, I don't know that they're going to stay partners for long because I do still think 
that Tori is going to be picked again and again. Um, she hasn't been a couple times in a row now, but I think eventually she's going to be picked again as a new female partner for winning males in the eliminations. But for now, they're still a really strong team. I like both their brains and their brawn and Tori's uh, you know, political ability and social abilities with this group of vets and Ed's just lackadaisical. I'm here to have a good time, not too worried about it. Attitudes of Tori and Ed, number four. And then in fifth place, the other vet, vet team, Kyle and Amanda. Kyle has the slip up this episode, but it seems to be put to bed pretty quickly. And as much as everyone wants to call him a snake, everyone doesn't seem to be that concerned with actually targeting him, actually trying to get him out anytime soon necessarily. And Amanda seems very, very secure in this game that if she wasn't with Kyle, I think she'd be higher on this power rankings if she was with any other vet. Uh, but they still sneak in a fit. So CT Berno, number one. Amber Devon, number two. Josh Ashley, number three. Tori Ed, number four. Kyle Amanda, number five. On the outside, looking in, Fessy and Esther, while they've looked like the strongest team, winning two of the four dailies. Fessy's got a big old target on his back now. He's got a little mess to pick up. Messy Fessy is back, so they can't crack the top five this time around. So that's your power rankings. Finish it out with some predictions. Let's quickly, we try these predictions. We make predictions on the Thursday episodes as well as the Tuesday episodes of the pod. Tuesday, we make specific predictions for the next episode. We will recount those. We went two for three, spoiler alert, but we'll recount those on Tuesdays. On Thursdays, the episode recaps, we look at more long-term, season-long predictions. We have five on the books so far this season. So a quick update on those. First one we ever made, Tori would have five partners or more this season. She is still on number three after having three in two episodes. Hasn't been picked yet, but that one's still very much in play. Next one, Fessy would be the first vet targeted, which is our first prediction that has been proven wrong. Kind of feel like it was, you know, the closest to being right, being wrong could be because he's the one that did the targeting of the first vet. So he was in a part of it. But he wasn't the one targeted. So we got that one wrong. We've officially are 0 for 1 as far as predictions that have been fully played out. Then we had CT is going to win was our third prediction. That one still very much in play. That one I couldn't feel more confident about. This guy's going to win. It's going to happen. Mark it down. I will say it every single week until he goes home, which he won't because he's going to win. Number four, we said Devin will make it further than Josh. That is still in play and should add a caveat to that, a ruling about this one before it comes to fruition. If they both make the final, whoever gets further in the final made it further in the game, and that will be how we decide this. And I'm starting to think there's a chance both of them could make that final. So either way, that prediction is still in play. Devin will make it further than Josh. Ed will make the final also still in play. That was last week's big, bold, new prediction that we added to the list, our fifth one, Ed, to make the final. And this week, we've got a new one. We're going to add one every week. We're going to end up with a lot of long-term predictions here. But this week, we're saying Anissa, who, again, I do not know that we witnessed Anissa in this whole episode. I might be forgetting one interview segment they gave her. Maybe she was in the background during one of the parties or the pool scene, something, but I don't think we saw her literally at all. And even so, because of that, actually, because we didn't see her at all and she's fully playing the full CT game this time around, our new prediction to add to the list is Anissa will make the final. She's going to get there. She's going to she's coming off a final in All-Stars this time. She's going to get all the way to the final in a regular season. And I don't think we're going to see much of her all the way there. I think she's going to stay in the background. I don't think anyone's going to target her because I think they're all going to 
you know, be okay with running against her. At least all the women are going to be okay with running against her. And maybe the guys similar to last season will say, you know, I want to get her out because I don't want to run with her. But other than her partner itself, you know, last season it was pretty much just her own partner, Fessy, that was kind of trying to make that happen. So Anissa is going to make the final, add it to the list. So far, only one of the predictions has played all the way out, and that one is 0 for 1. We're wrong on Fessy being the first vet targeted. The other four and now five are all in play. Anissa makes the final. Ed makes the final. Devin goes further than Josh. CT will win. Tori will have five partners. Those are your predictions. That's all for episode four. Uh, before we get out of here, quick update that if you didn't listen to the couple days ago, our Tuesday review preview pod, the big, the big discussion within it, we went long because we talked about the challenge ratings, ratings have been down. If you want to hear some of my initial ranty thoughts on that, go back and listen to that Tuesday review preview episode, the one right before this in your podcast feeds. If you want to hear my take on the ratings issues that the challenge is facing, we'll see what tonight's ratings look like in the coming days. But on that note, I propose in that last podcast that I have a solution, that I have a fix, that I have a season to pitch right to you, the viewers, and to to Buna Murray and to MTV for the perfect challenge season. The perfect challenge season, I swear. The best challenge season there ever could be. I've got the idea for it. I'm putting together a long video explaining it, graphics, the whole thing. That's going to go up on our YouTube channel next Monday. I'm going to debut this wonderful idea I have. You got to check it out. So go over to YouTube, Challenge Historian, subscribe. It might be under my name, Jacob Hollaball, but if you search Challenge Historian, you're going to find our page very easily. Subscribe and watch out for that video coming on Monday. As always, these podcasts are going to be coming out every Tuesday evening, the review preview, looking back at the week that was, everything that happened in between on Instagram Lives and Aftermath and all of that stuff, previewing the next night's episode. And then first thing Thursday morning when you wake up, this episode will always be there to recap the one episode we watched before on Wednesday night. So two pods, Thursday, Tuesday evening, Thursday bright and early. The moment you wake up, I promise it'll be there. We post it pretty much at about midnight, Wednesday night, every single week. So wherever you're listening to this, subscribe, follow, make sure you're getting those in your feed first thing Thursday morning and tuning in. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian for some extra content coming there. I promise that content will pick up in the following weeks. My day job starts to dwindle down. I'm getting married soon once that's out of the way. Um, there will be some more content, some more focus on this season and past seasons alike. So that Instagram content is coming more and more will be coming soon. So follow us there, Challenge Historian. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for watching this season, for loving the challenge the way we love it. We're so glad to have you. We appreciate you listening and we will talk to you next week. Peace.